You have tuned in to the Get Connected podcast. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo. We have a great program for you today. We're going to be talking about remote working. I know a lot of us are, are doing that during the pandemic, and it looks like that's not going to be slowing down anytime soon. But what are the big tech companies doing? The Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons? Well, we'll uh, go into some of that and uh, how their employees are feeling about it as well. Some of them are asking their employees to get vaccinated. Some are saying, come back. How do you feel about it? Well, we'll explore all of it. We'll also get into Facebook tracking, into the interest categories. And this is fascinating. All those news stories, all those ads you're seeing are based on what you're interested in. And Facebook keeps track of that, as you can imagine. We'll uh, tell you how to get into that and uh, how to get rid of some of those categories that you might not be interested in. We'll also be opening opening up the listener and viewer mailbag, taking all of our uh, our fans' questions and uh, answering them uh, on the podcast. So everything from uh, how to pick a 4K TV to uh, audio and eBooks. It's time to get connected. You are live with Get Connected. I'm your host Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're talking, uh, of course, all about tech in our program. We've got a great show for you today. Later on, we will be opening up our viewer mailbag, taking uh, some questions from you, the listeners. Uh, one of them about 4K TVs, what to look for in uh, purchasing a new one. There's a lot of uh, different uh, tech and specs going into these TVs now, so uh, we'll help demystify that uh, for you. And John, uh, another uh, favorite topic of mine uh, in this show is uh, Facebook. All the categories that Facebook tracks, you can actually go in and turn those off. You know how you always wonder why you're getting served up all these different types of ads, whether it's camping or cereal. Well, you can go in and actually see all of the ones uh, that Facebook uh, has uh, going for you and actually delete some of them. I think it's kind of cool. But John, let's uh, talk about some of the uh, the news stories this week. One that really caught my eye, and I didn't know this was happening. Apple will reportedly scan photos stored on iPhones and iCloud. Uh, and typically, most people that have an iPhone uh, are backing up uh, their photos into the cloud, into iCloud. But uh, they're scanning them for child abuse imagery. Did you know this? I did, yeah. This is uh, interesting. I mean, on the one hand, I think this is great, you know, find those people that are doing those things. But it's a bit of a slippery slope. You know, this is what they're doing today. What are they going to be doing tomorrow? Uh, Looking for, you know, pet abuse stuff. Not that I have any of those photos. I have lots of photos of my cat. But, um, you know, it's just like, it's one of those things like, it's letting law enforcement look at your photos or at least give them keywords that they're going to start searching for. You know, what if you live in a province or I guess a, a state in the, in the U S that doesn't allow you to have marijuana and you have lots of photos of you doing that, those kinds of things. Like it's, a, you know, there's a lot of implications with this kind of Pandora's box, I think. Yeah, it is interesting. So they're using uh, something called Neural Match and uh, working with uh, law uh, enforcement, using over 200,000 images from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And using those images, uh, they are apparently scanning, or and this starts down in the U.S., uh, everyone's photos that are on their iPhones for matches against that. So, yes, on, on the surface, John, yes, I'm for that. But to your point... What happens when they want to go after other types of images? Like you said, marijuana. I mean, yeah. they're not saying or, or, that they're going to do that, but already 
I didn't know that they were going to actually scan for uh, child abuse images in people's phones. Well, one of the things that we've talked about a lot on the show is the fact that some of these services are getting really good at identifying what's in your photo through artificial intelligence. And to the point where you can actually literally just go into iCloud or you can go into Google Photos and type in cat, and it'll show you all the photos you've ever taken of a cat. It's pretty amazing, actually. It is, right. So what happens if they want to just search for, uh, you know, firearms or something like that, you know, yeah. something really polarizing in the States especially? Um, what's to stop them from starting to do that? And any particular things that might be more timely, like when the insurrection happened at the U.S. Capitol um, uh, earlier this year, you know, what's to stop them from just typing in, you know, uh, DC capital or, you know, capital attack or something like that into these systems and trying to find all the photos that were taking there to either reconstruct a crime or also to identify the perpetrators of a crime. I mean, this is like minority report territory. Uh, another tech story, John, this is, uh, was kind of interesting. Remember back a few years ago, Amazon released, uh, you know, that video of uh, a drone delivering packages and everyone lost their minds. <laughs> yeah. Well, now... Uh, you know, there's an article uh, or a few articles uh, out uh, on the web right now uh, saying that uh, that might not be the big reality that uh, everyone thought it would be. Well, I seem to recall you and I talking about it and wondering how would they ever pull this off, right? Like, is a drone going to deliver my package to my 27th floor balcony? Like, that was one of the scenarios that was talked about. And it just seemed like logistically impossible for this to be a, a real thing. Even even getting over the fact of having these drones with packages underneath them deploying and flying around. I mean, it sounds good in theory because they don't have trucks on the road, but they still have to have drones in the sky flying over your house. What's to stop your neighbor from shooting down that drone? I mean, there's, <laughs> Especially in the U.S. <laughs> well, yeah, there's just so many, like, I, we were trying to come up, like, we could probably just come up with a list now of things that would just get in the way of that being a you know realistic also limitations in the size of your package that kind of stuff too and i don't know it just it seems interesting that um apparently more than 100 employees from the Amazon Prime Air division which sounds like space force yes um <laughs> uh, have 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 lost their jobs or been reassigned and basically it sounds like they're like sort of downsizing slash decommissioning this whole department within Amazon well, uh, they, the company does say that uh, they, Prime Air continues to have employees in the UK and will keep growing its presence uh, in the region. And I think one of the reasons, John, is that uh, the UK uh, granted the company clearance to conduct test flights back in 2016. But I, I haven't seen any major inroads, whether it's Amazon or any other drone delivery companies uh, yet, that could make something like this happen in, on a bigger scale for consumers. Yeah, I mean, there was that company, I think, on the island that was testing uh, drug deliveries for pharmacies and stuff Yeah, like I think that. London Drugs was uh, somehow involved uh, with that. Uh, a cool idea. I mean, that's kind of cool if you need to deliver between islands. That could be a lot faster. I still just don't see in the near future these drones dropping stuff up off on people's balconies or in their backyards. Yeah, yeah. There's... <laughs> Although I did see a video the other day of someone, uh, Starbucks is, was testing Starbucks drone deliveries. But it, you had to like be like in this park and they would literally deliver you your latte via drone. 
I think there there's going to be some very specific use cases for that. Like I'm just even thinking of my backyard. Like let's pretend that they can yeah. make this happen. Like what happens if my dogs are in the backyard and a d- yeah. delivery happens? That package is dead. <laughs> like, or maybe the drone is dead, depending on how they deliver. Like, are they going to land, or is it going to just yeah. hover and drop it? Well, uh, the the drone delivery dream is still uh, a far off uh, reality, and of course, we'll uh, still be following that story as uh, as well. Uh, speaking of Amazon, uh, they're offering ten dollars in credit for your palm print. Have you you you've been to the Amazon Go stores down in um, in the U.S. I have not. Oh, you haven't? Well, I've been to no. the one in Seattle where you yeah. basically just walk in. Uh, you, you have to check in with your Amazon account, but you basically just grab everything off the shelves, a sandwich, drinks, and walk out, and it automatically debits your uh, your account. So they, they're really working on that whole contactless payment system, whether it's that kind of... I don't even know how they're doing it. It must be like a million cameras in there, but uh, they're trying to get people to uh, use palm prints now for payment systems in stores. Why? <laughs> it, it's like, how much does that all cost versus just hiring somebody to do the cashier role? Like, <laughs> you mean even, a, even, a human? Yeah. Well, even, even Apple, one of the things I always liked is you could use the Apple store app in the Apple store to buy something and literally take it off the shelf, scan it, pay for it with your, you know, Apple pay set up on your phone and walk out. Yeah. And it felt like you were shoplifting because, you know, this wasn't a special store like the Amazon store. This was just a normal Apple store in Canada that you can do, you can still do this. And, and that makes a lot more sense because it's just an app basically. And, Presumably, there's enough security people in that store already watching customers to make sure they're not stealing that they know that that guy in the corner, he just bought a mouse and he's walking out with it, right? So, Yeah, I, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make the payment systems um, just closer to the people. Right now, I mean, we've got phones, right? We've got yeah. uh, Google Pay and Apple Pay. Um, so, I mean, you can pay basically you know, encrypted pay and it's protected and private and secure with a phone. But I think they want to take that to the next level. And so people can just use like fingerprints or, or palm prints or, you know, a retina scan for that matter. But is a palm print contactless? You still have to touch something. Yeah. It, it's interesting talking about uh, payment. Uh, I, was, I was just in New York this past week uh, for uh, some, some meetings and you know, I had my iPhone and it was super cool. I, I was walking down the street and I got this alert on my phone basically asking me if I wanted to link my Apple Pay with the um, the metro system, the subway system. Yeah. It was so cool because uh, that was a problem. Like whenever you go to New York and you want to use a subway, you got to go down and get a metro card and sit at that machine. And, you know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of time, but if it's busy, it, it can. But now uh, I enacted, I just said yes. And so I can just walk up to the turnstile. It's got the little scanner. And I just basically hit the button to activate the Apple Pay. You know, my credit card comes up on the screen. I don't have to use face unlock. I don't have to enter in any PIN number or anything. It just automatically uh, lets me in. Obviously, Do you pay well. more for that particular ride versus oh, getting... I'm, probably. It's like here in, in Vancouver with the, the SkyTrain and the Canada line. I think they allow that now, but they charge you more for it. Yeah, they charge you a premium for using that functionality. I guess basically it's just built-in uh, credit card fees type of thing. They're making money doing it. 
Okay, we're going to have to uh, take a break. I want to con- uh, give a call out to our new contest, uh, John. We're giving away some uh, Kingston technology prizes. Yeah, this is pretty cool. If you've got a computer that needs an upgrade, or if you don't, you can just give it to a friend that does or sell it or do whatever. Uh, we've had the Kingston folks uh, on the radio show, in, uh, I think, a few weeks ago, but uh, they're uh, for a contest uh, this month giving away three sets of their new Kingston Fury 64 gigabyte RGB memory kits. So these are valued at 300 Canadian each. And this is kind of cool, John. You know RAM for computers. This is what it is. These also have glowing lights on them as well for those people. Gotta that have like- the R- you got to have the RGBs. Yeah, so if you're into building your own computers uh, and you've got, uh, you know, the clear cases, uh, your RAM will uh, give you a little uh, light show. If you want a chance to win, go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. When we come back from the break, a lot more tech to talk still. Uh, We'll be chatting about uh, what the big tech companies are doing with remote work and their employees and what that means uh, for a lot of the businesses uh, out there. Listen to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Still lots to talk about on today's program. Uh, We will be chatting uh, later on about Facebook. If you're tired of all the crazy stuff that gets served up to you in your your news feeds, we've got uh, a way to help you uh, take care of that. John, let's talk about uh, getting back to work. Even in our company, uh, it's it's a challenge right now. We've done a survey, uh, just uh, checking with our employees on what we should do. Well, the big tech companies are having that issue as well. And a lot of them during the pandemic let their employees work from home. And some of them, including uh, companies like Twitter, basically, basically have said that they'll be just doing that going forward. People can work from home whenever they want. But other companies, uh, including Apple, uh, still see people coming back into the office. I think Tim Cook uh, basically sent out a memo saying that uh, they would be looking at a a three-day work week uh, in the office and two-day at home, which kind of led to a bit of an outcry within side of Apple. Uh, Some employees did a survey basically uh, trying to show him and the leadership team there that – they want to work from home more. And uh, we're even seeing that uh, you know, with uh, companies like Amazon. I think they've just uh, basically extended that into 2022. But there are a lot of companies, including a lot of the financial firms as well, uh, you know, based out of New York, that do want people back in the office. John, what do you think? It, well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because we figured, you know, we got this back to work plan, everything's going good, and then the variant happened. Right? Yeah, we uh, we were preparing to kind of roll this out in September, the first week of September. Uh, you know, kind of as a soft launch, but uh yeah, we've had to rethink that now with the the Delta variant and I think there's a Delta Plus variant. I don't even know what that thing is is going to yeah. to do yeah, now. Well, the, the the thing is I think it's going to I think all these companies are going to have to rethink some of these plans clearly the pandemic has proven that a lot of companies and we should clarify not everybody's job can be done from home no right um we can do the radio show from home is we tried doing parts of the tv show from our homes (laughs) you know that it's a little tricky when you're the only camera person and you're the person on camera so um yeah it didn't work for me i'm not that good on the camera no and it barely worked for me um just because you don't have any feedback, right? Unless yeah. you have like a million computers set up. So you have everybody else on Zoom watching you and critiquing you and helping you remotely, but they can't press record while you run back to <laughs> your spot to, to do your bit. So, but for businesses that do have, you know, laptop 
junkies or lap, laptop cowboys, let's call them, or cow people. Um, someone that just, you know, you can do all your work on a laptop. And a lot of the people in our office can do that. They can, they do all their work on their laptop. You know, they're, they have all their tools their remote tools, that kind of stuff. It's not that hard. And then you get the sort of the, the work-life balance that I think a lot of people, a lot of people equate what happened with COVID to sort of a, a correction to the work-life balance that a lot of people weren't getting because they were either always at the office or they were stressed out because they had to go to the office. And during COVID, they were able to work from home. Some of that stress of having to commute every day. So you, you get to the office and you're already in a bad mood, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that, I mean, I think a lot of people, that's why they like the idea of working from home, especially if you've got kids or pets or stuff that needs to be taken care of that, you know, a minute or two here, half an hour there, you maybe work longer. And I think there's been some studies that showed that people working from home are actually more productive, um, and they tend to work longer. I know I certainly did, or still do. You can keep working from home, John. <laughs> <laughs> I think the big challenge, though, too, is uh, you know some of these big tech companies like Lyft, Google, and Facebook are requiring some or all of their employees to get vaccinated to return to the office as well. Well, that, and that opens a whole other Pandora's box, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that I don't want to go. Or I'm speaking for people, not myself, but you know, people don't want to go back to the office if it's not a safe environment. No. Right. So, and you don't want to have this divide between your employees that might have differences of opinion or medical reasons or what have you, but you want to go into an environment where you can trust that everyone there is on the same page at least, but it's also a slippery slope. You know, I, you and I have talked about the fact that it's very difficult as an employer to, you know, ask these questions yeah it's difficult as an as an employee to ask another employee because it's a you know it's a personal thing and it's also you know a, a very divisive thing for a lot of people well john uh, we'll be following this story for months to come as the pandemic doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon when we come back from the break we're all on facebook two billion of us and i think a lot of us uh, always kind of wonder how is Facebook tracking all of the different kind of interests we have, like all these ads and news stories being served up? Well, we're going to walk you through step-by-step how you can go into the settings and actually change that. And you will be outstanded, amazed, and even concerned at how many things that Facebook is tracking. So stay tuned. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Don't forget to enter our contest. Uh, we are working with the uh, the Kingston folks. Uh, they make uh, great upgrades for your computer, especially when it comes to things like RAM. We're giving away three big RAM packages. Uh, this is a great way to upgrade uh, you know, your desktop computer. And uh, these are worth 300 bucks each. Uh, they're the Kingston Fury 64 gigabyte RGB memory kits. And these are you know, RAM, like memory, for your computer that actually light up, which is kind of a, a cool thing. Also giving away a lot of uh, merchandise, prize packs as well, like hoodies, T-shirts, and hats. So you'll want to enter our contest, getconnectedmedia.com. John, Facebook, we all use it. A lot of us uh, have a, uh, I guess, um, a... A contentious relationship with it. I, I do myself. I don't like all the, the ways it tracks me. And you actually showed me something this week, uh, the interest categories feature yeah. on Facebook. You can actually go in and see all the things that 
Facebook is tracking you on, and they use this to serve up all the news stories and the ads that you're getting. And it's kind of scary because I've got hundreds of them, and I don't even know how I got all those. Yeah, no, that 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 was what I found too. Shout out to my friend Matt who told me about this uh, this little hack, if you will, because um, I didn't know this was there. Because one of the things when iOS 14 came out is you were able to turn on that do not track functionality. Yeah with apps, including Facebook, which they didn't like. But the thing is, it still had all this information from prior to that. You just yeah. turned off the new stuff. You haven't turned off the old stuff. So this will help you go through and see what is actually there. And I was, like you, astonished at what was there. Some of the weird stuff, you know, whether it's a specific brand specific type of product yeah uh, almost anything you've ever liked as far as like as something that could be monetized from an ad perspective is in this list so let's walk through how you get to this and i should mention do this on your computer don't do this on your phone i, I don't know if the steps will be exactly the same or if it'll be as deep and obvious to be able to edit this on a phone Okay, so using uh, like a, a desktop or a laptop uh, browser so uh, and, and logged into Facebook, obviously. So what is the first step, John? So top right corner, the little down arrow, you hit that, and there's a settings and privacy option. So you click on that, and then you click on settings again. And then you're going to get on the left-hand side the big list of all your possible settings. And basically, you're going to scroll down to almost to the bottom, and there's an ads tab or option. You click on that, and then basically, there's add settings. And this is where it gets interesting. So this is where it has all the things that, that allows you to manage all the data you use to show you ads. There's a whole little box for this section. And data about your activity with from partners. So this is where the tracking that comes into Facebook from anything where you would have logged in, where any personalized ads from that kind of stuff. We're not going to talk about that, though. Categories used to reach you is the key point here. That's the second option. Profile information, interests, and other categories used to reach you. So you click on that, and then there's going to be um, profile information. You scroll down, and basically, this is the information that advertisers will get about you if you've turned them on. And I was actually surprised all of them are turned on. So my employer, my job title, my education, my relationship status, those, are tur- those were turned on on mine. I've since turned them off. And they don't make it easy to find this, John. Like, no, you've just done no. a bunch of steps. And right now, I know everyone listening, they're never going to remember all of that. So, uh. <laughs> no, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get a blog post up about this because I think it's important. Yeah. Um, so, then basically, at the bottom of that list is interest and other categories used to reach you. So, interest categories and other categories. Interest categories are things that anything you've ever been interested in and you liked, you searched for, I've really downsized mine. So I can't tell you what we used to be in there, but it used to be like literally, it took me over 45 minutes to go through this list and you can remove it and then you can undo it if you want. And then eventually it's gone for good. So now I'm down to like five topics and this is, I'll just read the, the, the information for this. Removing yourself from an interest category prevents advertisers from reaching you by indicating that their ads should be shown to people in that specific interest category. It doesn't affect the number of ads you will see, 
And we, they still may show you ads related to those categories if they think that ad may be relevant to you. So you're not going to have less ads. You're going to have less specific ads. Some of the ads may match up to your categories. They may not. But I was astonished at what was in my list. And everything from just very basic brand names to um, John, specific topics. John, give, give, give me some of the, the interests that they, they think you're interested in. Well, <laughs> Some of the wackier ones. Online shopping. Yeah, okay. So we should just step back for a second though because when an advertiser chooses to create an ad on Facebook, they get to choose the categories of people that will receive these ads in theory, right? It doesn't always work that way and they're also in a big sea of other advertisers trying to vie for your attention. So generally they try to find keywords of unique things, weird things, I mean, everything you can imagine, like I've pared mine down to just a couple topics that I'm actually would be interested in getting information about these things, like online shopping, beer, DIY, because I'm a maker. Um, if I click on see all interests, and that's the key point, you've got to click that see all interests and you'll have a giant scrolling list, most likely for an average person. <laughs> I'm just looking at mine for the first time here. Uh, I've got Helen Hunt, Texas Toast, Luke Wilson. Um <laughs> Knight Rider. So Luke Wilson the, could advertise to you. Knight Rider, the 1982 TV series. Like, I don't know. How did these things get in here? Like, there's some yeah. crazy stuff in here. Blueberries. Yeah. Oh, oh. Also, I'm interested in Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> and and McMuffins. <laughs> well, oh my God. you know how people always say, well, Facebook was listening to me? Yeah. Yeah, they were, but not with their microphone. Like they were just paying attention to what you were liking and how you're interacting with things in their system, building this list of categories about you. And that's why those ads hit a little too close to home, I think, sometimes because John, people I'm, do lots of weird stuff. I'm also interested in rain, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If you're listening at home, you got to go into this section. You'll. It's crazy the stuff that uh, Facebook is, is serving you stuff up on. And uh, again, God, how did I even get some of this stuff? Yeah. Like I said, it took me over 45 minutes just to go through the list, let alone to to remove the stuff. There's no like remove all option either. You have to do each one individually. Yeah. It is crazy. Well, John, uh, I think it'll be valuable if you do get uh, that blog article up and, you know, the step-by-step uh, on how to get yep. into the interest categories. But it is super valuable once you get in here. I, you know, it, it will actually help, I think, streamline some of the crazy stuff that's coming up on your Facebook uh, news uh, feeds. Okay, uh, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, we're going to open up the viewer mailbag and uh, viewer and listener mailbag and uh, take some of your questions, including uh, one on uh, how to pick the right 4K TV. This is Mike and John for Get Connected. We'll be back right after this. You are back with Get Connected, Canada's number one tech show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We're going to open up the listener and viewer mailbag. We always love to take questions, and people can actually write into us, John, right on our website. That's right. Just go to contact us and fill in our feedback form and let us know what you'd like us to help answer in the mailbag. We can't get to everybody. We get a lot of these, and so we also sometimes will take lots of the same types of question and make one mega question sometimes too. But this week we've got one from Irene. Uh, And she says, my husband's uh, recently been declared legally blind. We've been searching for some way for him to listen to his thousand plus eBooks on his Kindle and Kobo apps. That's a lot of eBooks. They tried Apple, but uh, they're 
uh, accessibility settings require you that you tap and a drop down menu each time you listen, which is kind of difficult. Is there an app we could download that would convert ebooks to audiobooks? Uh, I haven't done this recently. Didn't Amazon with their Kindle app have that feature back in the day? I don't know if it was the Kindle app or the Kindle itself. Okay. So they used to be able to literally plug a headset into your Kindle and it would turn, you know, a very robotic, like pre-Siri kind of uh, reading of your, of your ebook with no intonation. And so I think they probably got rid of it for one of two reasons. Either it just wasn't very good. Yeah. Like it wasn't very, it wasn't Morgan Freeman reading the book to you. It was no, a bad computer. No, it was, it was a, like an angry computer trying to read it to you. <laughs> but then they also bought audible. So then they got into the audiobook side of the business. So they probably like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that. Because they can make money with the uh, yeah. the audiobooks. Uh, so I don't have a, a great answer there. I'll open that up to the listeners out there. Uh, if you do know of a way to do that, uh, please uh, write into us and we can uh, provide uh, Irene, uh, Irene with some uh, some thoughts on that. I'm uh, going to go on to the next uh, question, John, and uh, this is one is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, it comes from Carmen. Hello, my question's about a 4K TV. I was looking to upgrade uh, my TV for a 4K smart TV, and I'm not sure what brand is a reasonable all-around good one. Are there any recommendations you can help with uh, for a first-time buyer for a 4K TV? Uh, I well, think we're going to have two different answers for this. No. <laughs> your answer and my answer? Yeah. Okay, what's your I, answer? I always get whatever's on sale. Like, well, yeah, me too. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, honestly, I didn't care. I was looking to get a, a bigger screen TV a couple of years ago. I think we talked about it a couple of times. And I was actually going to get a TCL because that was... We, again, we talk about them a lot too. They're like the sweet spot. Great price, great specs, kind of mid-range. You know, they're not amazing TVs, but they're good enough for most people. Yeah. And they have all the features. Typically, they have like, you know, Roku or something else built in, you know, Amazon or uh, Android TV or, you know, depending on the model that you get. And they just look great. And they're simple. Like our whole studio, that's all the TVs we have in the building. So, um but I, I got a, a smoking deal on a Samsung and it wasn't, it was kind of like their mid Samsung and it's, it's, it's been fantastic. So, I mean, I think a lot of the TVs, unless you're getting something very specific, like if you need 8K or something like that, they're all going to be in a pretty close tight range unless you've got a very specific need. Like you need, you know, ultra HD, something, 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 you know, something fancy like that. You're all like, it also depends on the size of the TV you want to. She didn't really specify that. No, I, I think she's looking for a good value. Um, you, you talked about TCL, John, and I know a lot of listeners still haven't heard of TCL. It's a, a Chinese manufacturer. I think they're like number two or three in the world now for TVs, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, kind of come out of nowhere, although they've been around for many, many years. So, you know, Samsung and LG are still up there. Uh, Sony and Vizio and all those other guys are way down at the bottom of the list now. So uh, I think in the next uh, several years here, TCL will overtake all of them. They're just, I you know, I think it's hard for these other guys to compete with them. Uh, they make all of their own TV. So like everything from the panels to all the computer and circuitry uh, inside, they, they, you know, do that from soup to nuts. So, uh, yeah. you know, obviously they can get some good pricing on that. And they make value ones, and they also make high-end ones uh, as well. But for a 4K TV, John, like you said, I, I kind of look for one that's, uh, you know, a good deal. Uh, as far as smart is concerned, I would look for something that's got, you know, either Roku or um, Google TV built into it. Um, I think we're seeing consolidation of the, the smart 
uh, TV world right now, John, kind of how we saw with car stereos, right? You know, now we've got Apple yep. CarPlay and, and uh, Android Auto. We're going to see that with TVs as well. I know Apple TV is still going to be around. You can get, uh, you know, the Apple TV box, but, you know, for the ones that have it built in, you know, it's a lot of work to, to you know, have your own smart TV platform. So I think eventually, like, you know, the Samsungs and the LGs of the world are going to you know, get on board with that and pick Roku or, or Google or offer both of them, uh, essentially. So uh, I would find something that's uh, on sale, you know, look for things like HDR, which is, uh, um, you know, high, dyna- high dynamic range. Uh, you know, if you're not going to hook up any speakers uh, to the TV, make sure that it's got uh, good quality sound coming out of it uh, as as well. And, you know, we'll, we'll do a, a show on, you know, all the different categories of TVs, uh, you know, coming up, you know, from low end to, to the, the high end. But, you know, it's interesting, John, you know, you go into the, you know, the Best Buy or the London Drugs and you see all the TVs together. But once you've got that TV in your home, you've got nothing to compare it against. And this is going to look great anyway. Especially if you don't have a 4K TV right now and you're going from just a 1080p TV as well, right? So typically you're going up in quality, but you're also generally going up in size unless you've got a size restraint. Like I've always upgraded my TV at the same time as I upgraded the screen size. Yeah. So it's always been this progressive climb up the ladder as far as quality and um, and also just, just screen real estate. The other thing I would look for too, though, is again, what I look for, it might be different than what Carmen's looking for, but a lot of TVs don't have a lot of ports. Yeah. And so if you have like a lot of things you want to plug into it, like a DVD player or game consoles, that kind of stuff, just make sure there's lots of HDMI ports in the back. Otherwise, you got to buy an adapter, like a switcher or some other kind of um, switch box to have multiple inputs into it. It's a great point, uh, John. And, and eventually one day you might even hook up another smart TV box into it because the smart part of it will be outdated. Like I have a Vizio TV. I think it's about 10 years old now, John. You know, it's like one of the 3D TVs. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. Uh, you know, it had smart uh, capabilities that had Netflix built in, but the, net, the Netflix doesn't work anymore because it's yeah. just completely outdated and, and Netflix and Vizio aren't updating that, that part on that particular TV. And you can't buy a dumb TV anymore. No. So even if you get a smart TV today, eventually one day, if you keep it long enough, you might have to get a little stick or another box to to re-smart it <laughs> yes. in, in the future. Okay, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little more tech and uh, talk about the contest as well and uh, how you can get extra entries to win. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Just a little bit of time left. Uh, as always, we've got great contests going. Uh, I think last month uh, we gave away an MSI laptop. Before that, uh, an e-scooter. And uh, we have a winner for the e-scooter, John. Yeah, Kelly from Cornwall, Ontario took home the scooter prize. Uh, we're still in the process of figuring out who actually won the laptop. but We'll be announcing that shortly. This month, we're giving away some uh, great prizes from Kingston Technology. They've teamed up with us to give away a bunch of prizes, uh, not one, but three sets of their new Kingston Fury 64 gigabyte RGB memory. This is uh, RAM memory for desktop computers. So if uh, you've got a desktop computer and wanting to up the memory, 64 gigabytes is a lot. It uh, you know will speed up you know your computer quite dramatically. These are valued at over $300. They even light up as well. So if you're into building your own uh, PC, uh, these are the RAM modules that you'll want to get. And we're also giving away a bunch of Kingston uh, merchandise prize packs, five Fury merch packs uh, with all sorts of things like hoodies, T-shirts, hats, and more. 
All you have to do is hit our website, John, getconnectedmedia.com, and there's uh, additional ways to win as well. That's right. Just go into the contest page. The The link is right on the homepage right at the top. Uh, it'll be giveaway Kingston. You'll, you probably can't miss it on the homepage. And once you've signed into it, um, make sure you are got your email verified and that type of thing. And then basically just follow the steps. There'll be a whole bunch of different things you can do to earn additional entries on each week of the contest. Don't forget to listen to our sister show uh, Sundays across the country on the Chorus Radio Network and Saturday nights uh, in Toronto. Uh, we're going to be talking about planned obsolescence, uh, devices from Amazon and Google that uh, are going to be getting out of date. They won't be getting updates in, uh, anymore. We'll also be talking about the latest uh, rumors uh, from Samsung. They've got some new phones coming out, some flippy phones, and uh, also some uh, new news from uh, Google about uh, a new Pixel 6. And also Huawei, they've got a new phone coming out uh, as well, the P50. I want to thank John and Christina who helped put the show together. We'll see you again next time.